truth be told, Sidney Crosby's been in kind of a surly mood for a while now, at least by his standards. Something I've been talking about here on this program for about three weeks. Well, last night, the St. Louis Blues paid a pretty heavy price for making him that much surlier. Good morning to you. Good Thursday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. Comes your way bright and early every weekday. If you're into football and or baseball, I also offer up every day daily shots of Steelers and Pirates as well. Penguins roared back to beat the Blues 5-3 to three in what just might have been their most complete performance of an already really impressive first 32 games. I can't stress enough the extent to which this team took the action to a very good St. Louis team, and the Blues had just gone 7-1-1 in their previous nine and won the Winter Classic and everything else. But this wasn't close. I know it sounds like it and would definitely look like it if you look at the period line score and see that the Blues were up 3-1, to one, but there were a couple underlying variables in there, both of them related to goaltending, meaning that on one end, Jordan Bennington was stopping everything, and on the Pittsburgh end, Casey DeSmith was stopping nothing. So when Mike Sullivan yanks DeSmith out of there, and rightly so, all that the Penguins did was to keep going and to just keep plugging away and firing away. And they did that again and again and again until finally they started getting some pucks past Bennington. And even then, he stayed really good. He kept making big saves, point-blank stuff. But that's when... Sid just took the game over. He was the one who went into the St. Louis zone midway through the second period, collided with big Finnish defenseman they have, Nico Mikola, and Sid was the aggressor in going after Mikola, first with a slash, then with a cross-check, and then Mikola comes back at Sid with his gloves into his face, cuts Sid on the bridge of the nose, and the crowd's loving it, and Brian Dumoulin and the rest of the Penguins come in when they saw Sid was tangled up with somebody, and everyone got a little bit fired up, old school-ish, you know? But even before that, you could tell Sid was really, really driven in this game. But this, this was at a different level. This was the old Sid who you would always tell yourself when you were on the other team, don't make him mad. Don't make him mad. Well, they made him mad. Uh, yeah, I mean, we knew it was going to be a physical game. They don't give up a lot of space. And, uh, you know, it's one of those plays just kind of escalates. You don't expect it. And, uh, you know, it's emotion and intensity, and that's the kind of game it was here tonight. So you just want to respond the right way. And, uh, you know, it's a tough team to come back on. They don't give you a lot. And uh, I thought we responded really well. He's not very good at sounding mad, is he? Well, 
Don't let that fool you. This portion of Daily Shot of Penguins is brought to you by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank, where they're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need across western Pennsylvania. They, in turn, need your help. Find out how $1 can be turned into five full meals for those in need. Visit pittsburghfoodbank.org. So since Mikola and Sid were both sent off with curious call of coincidental slashing miners, both came out right around the same time. And conveniently enough, Mikola was on the rink whenever Sid went soaring down the left side of the St. Louis zone, found Brian Rust alone in front, and Rust just nailed a top shelf wrist shot behind Bennington. Bennington wasn't going to stop this one. That made it 3-2. to two. That score carried into the third period, and it was at the 737 mark that the first line overall, which had a really, really strong performance, just took it to the Blues, and it was Sid right in front taking advantage of a rebound, burying it behind Bennington, who had no chance at this one. And that made the score 3-3. Oh, by the way, Mikola was on for that one as well. In fact, it was Mikola who gave the puck away, passing it up the left boards, and then it was Mikola who got out-muscled by Sid going through the net. Oh, and then, as long as I'm at it, Sid makes some contact with Bennington, whose arm was outside the crease, reaching for the puck. And as a result, Craig Barube challenges, loses the challenge, and under the rule that went in a couple of years ago, the Penguins went on a power play. And all it took from there was another 12 seconds for Evan Rodriguez to score on the power play. All of that, all of that, starting with the captain. You will want to hear what Mike Sullivan had to say about Sid's performance. Well, I thought he was, uh, you know, he was in beast mode tonight, I thought. You know, he was, he was just, you know, he commands the puck. He's so strong on the puck. He was, uh, you know, I thought he struggled in the face-off circle early, but in the third period he was really good. He won some critical face-offs for us. Uh, but he was so strong on the puck in the battle areas. He goes to the net. The goalie, get, the goalie scores was, uh, you know, vintage Crosby for me. You know, he, he's just, he's so good down low. He's so good in the traffic. He's so strong on the puck. And, and, and so, you know, when, when he's playing the game that way, He's the standard bearer for the team. I think, you know, he raises he raises the intensity level for our group. I think he, uh, you know, he establishes a certain expectation uh, that flows through our bench. That everybody's got to try to has a responsibility to play the game a certain way. When when you when your captain and your best player is is leading by example the way he was tonight. Final line on Sid statistically was a goal and an assist plus two rating, uh, split evenly his 28 draws. Nothing that would floor you. 
But at the same time, this was the best of Sid. This was the Sid who can lead this team to a Stanley Cup championship again. This was the Sid, to be honest with you, that we've been waiting for for a while. That's not a criticism. There's no way it could be a criticism with him coming off a wrist surgery, a really, really important body part for someone who relies the way he and all elite scorers do on precision. Maybe his wrist is all the way back. Maybe it isn't. Maybe the the draws are indicative that we're still waiting on it, or the lack of goals are indicative that we're still waiting on it. This was only his fifth of the season. But that overall performance, with everything else that this team is doing so well, with the extraordinary and I'm using that term in the most literal sense, depth that they've got up front with the consistency and reliability that they're getting from all three defense pairings. Mike Matheson was outstanding last night again, by the way. That's two games in a row for him. And then Tristan Jari coming in as ice cold as you can possibly get, not having been in an NHL game since December 19th, called on in relief in the middle of the second period, not letting up a single goal to what I'll repeat is a really good St. Louis team. Man, it's hard not to think big about this group. It just is. They might benefit from not thinking that way because they're playing a certain style that isn't necessarily the most glamorous and that does require a a measure of humility, but that's working. And once this team completely embraces, if they haven't already, the connection between playing that way and the success that they're having, look out. Look out. When we come back, just one question. Just one question that's brought to you always on this program by Fubo TV. The monthly cost of cable is over 200 bucks. Fubo TV is 65 bucks a month to watch all the same channels, including AT&T Sportsnet Pittsburgh. And right now, Fubo TV is offering our listeners of this show a seven-day free trial and 15% off your first month. Just go to FuboTV.com/dk. FuboTV.com/dk. And today's J1Q comes from Sean Gorman, who asks, with this team having over five NHL lines and one NHL caliber goaltender isn't trading for a solid backup or even a 1B, just an obvious move at this point. Yeah, Sean, it is. It is. Uh, I try in this line of work to give as much of the benefit of the doubt as I can, especially when that performer, whether it's a coach or an athlete, 
has had success in the past, and Casey DeSmith has had some. It hasn't been overwhelming. It hasn't been anything that would ever make you think he'd be anybody's starter in the NHL. But there have been occasions as recently as last season where he looked like a very good, solid NHL backup, whether he was used for a sustained span or whether he was just coming in after two weeks of sitting. But this guy that we're watching right now, sorry, he stinks. I mean, this is not NHL caliber goaltending. It's also not isolated. The Blues scored on three of their 16 shots. All three were upstairs, which is where everyone's going to shoot on him because he's one of the NHL's smaller goaltenders. At least two of the three were unscreened. All three were wrist shots from a distance. Those are exactly the kind of goals that he gives up. Teams know exactly how to beat him. Send a body or two to the net and just go ahead and fire away. He's not, he's, it's not that he's not going to stop it. More often than not, he's not going to see it. Now, he did see the first one by Braden Shen. And yeah, I mean, it was a, a goal scorer's shot. But it also was unscreened from 40 feet from a dedicated side of the rink, meaning atop the, the right circle in the Pittsburgh zone. That's got to be stopped. you got to come out and take that away, especially if you're a smaller guy. Don't stay small. I mean, you could say the same for the rest of these goals. Gordon Cairo got himself a really good chance in the high slot, was left completely alone by Chris Letang, I'm offering here in parentheses, but then didn't even bother getting any closer, trying to make a move. He just snapped it from way up in the high slot and beat to Smith cleanly upstairs. Colton Pareko, very good defenseman for St. Louis, has always put up points too. Pareko, just let it go from the left point. Zip right over the blocker. The glove side doesn't matter. The blocker side doesn't matter. The size does. And then within that, the lack of aggressiveness to try to compensate for that size. The same stuff that DeSmith had told me, and you might remember this three weeks ago, that he saw as a shortcoming early in the season, uh, he blamed it on skates, saying that they somehow took away his aggressiveness. I'm not sure that I understand that. But he was able to get on his toes for one good game against the Ducks. And I was telling you guys the next day, and everyone's going, that's it, yeah, and Smith is back. And like, no, just hang on. He's going to have to show a lot more than that. Well, he has. He has. He looks like the guy that was struggling at the very beginning. And we can talk about streaks and slumps and hot and cold and everything else, but that that ship to me is sailing, and it is sailing fast because this hockey team cannot enter the upcoming Stanley Cup playoffs with one goaltender and a prayer. That doesn't work, and by the way, it 
didn't work because it never had to work in 2016 and 2017 when Jim Rutherford made sure that the Penguins were not too deep in goaltenders, but three deep. That's how you win championships. That's not the position where you say, well, let's, let's give the guy a shot. You do that to an extent, and you do it now. It's early January. But you don't do it for a whole lot longer. If I'm Ron Hextall, and it's not like he doesn't know this for himself, I'm looking real hard right now for a 1B behind Jari. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. I'm headed to Philadelphia today to cover what just might be the Penguins' 10th win in a row. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.